This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey guys, it's Jeremy Warner from Illini Inquirer. I know you're annoyed by my tweets probably by now of all my gifts uh, in promoting our sale right now, but I'm going to do it one more time just because I want all of you that haven't seen it yet to know about our 75% off annual VIP sale going on now through Tuesday, September 6th. So if it's Tuesday, September 6th and you're listening to this, you need to take advantage of our 75% off sale for all new users. If you've never tried Illini Inquirer VIP access, try it now. You're going to save more than $80 off VIP membership, the most in-depth Illini coverage, analysis from Jay Lehman and Michael Tulip. That's worth it alone. Then, of course, recruiting coverage on the basketball side from Derek Piper, the best there is at doing it. The most in-depth Illinois football recruiting reporting from me, Ryan Easterling, and Joy Wagner, and our team of national experts that is the best team in the country, whether it comes to basketball or football. And of course, all our great Illini coverage going along with it. So we work hard for you. Ask any of your friends that are VIP members. And I believe most of them, a lot of them will tell you it is definitely worth it, especially if you're getting it for $2 a month, which is what you can get with a 75% off sale. So hurry up because you don't have a lot of time, but take advantage of it and save more than $80 and get great Illini coverage along with it. All right, let's get to the football chat with Jay Lehman coming up next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Welcome to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Didn't take us long to get to a tough Monday with Jay Lehman. And uh, yeah, Jay, it didn't take us long to uh, feel the weight of Illinois football. In, in what should have been a win, you, you steal a defeat from the jaws of victory uh, at Indiana. Just just overall thoughts on, on what was just a heart-wrenching loss. Well, I got good news and I got bad news, okay? So let's start with the bad news first. And the bad news is this. Uh, we should have won that game and we did not, we, we did everything we could to lose that game. Brett mentioned it in his uh, press conference, uh, the red zone trips and the ineptness in the red zone and in the goal line, just very, very difficult to stomach. Uh, obviously the touchdown getting taken away on the review. Um, we should have been touchdown rather Pat Bryant dropping a touchdown pass from Chase Brown on, on the halfback pass with too many, too many opportunities to really mention here but the good news is I do believe we're a much more complete football team than last year uh defensively and in throwing the football and even even in our run game um now we had obviously some holes that we can address and whatnot and what happened on Friday night but I think if you overall if I put this team against last year's team I think this team would win eight or nine out of ten times I want to dive into that, Jay, because I do think 
they dominated that game in, in almost every area outside of the turnovers, drops, penalties, like the stuff that loses you game. Like they had to do all of that to lose the game because I thought they were the better team. Um, and, and let's start with the offensive side of the ball, Jay, because as frustrating as it was that they couldn't score, they moved the ball, right? Sure. Like, like we saw 200 plus yards passing, 200 plus yards running again. Chase Brown looked great. So before we dive into too many of the negatives, sure. how, how, how is Barry Loney with this team that couldn't move the ball last year, how are they able to move the ball up and down the field to get five red zones? Yeah. So great question. And first I'll just, I've said this a lot on this podcast, but you know, good teams in the, in the big 10 can run the ball and stop the run. Average teams can do one or the other and bad teams can do neither. Yep. And we did both. We ran the ball and we stopped the run. And, uh, but because of those penalties and, 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 and turnovers and whatnot. So I would say this, I really like Barry Lunny's game plan. I think he really lets players play within their ability. Uh, Chase Brown is special. We we know he's probably the best overall football player on the team this year. Um, so I, I think he, it, did it hurt sometimes not to have McCray and then he had to sit down and, and in critical times he couldn't go in. Yes, that happened a couple of times last year in critical times, right? I mean, he kind of gets us down there. And by the time he's done three or four runs, we're in the high red zone. And we just, you know, there's a different gear when Chase Hayden or maybe Reggie Love comes in. Uh, but I want to talk about the question of Barry Lunny. I thought he did a tremendous job being balanced in the first half. Uh, really a lot of different run pass. You look at it, it was like 50-50. I thought a little bit in the second half, they kind of became too reliant on the defense and, and a little bit of what I'll call Bielema ball, which is we're going to run the clock out and control the clock. And didn't trust DeVito as much as I would like them to trust DeVito at this point. But I, but I, I think DeVito, if you took away some of the drops that he had, he could have had a tremendous game. I think he had a good game, but there was a couple drops. I mean, he got a touchdown taken away from Hightower, which was ruled a drop, right? Isaiah had a couple drops. Pat Bryan had a couple drops. Uh, you know, so like there's, I think he could have had a phenomenal game. He puts him in position to make those plays and also gives him the green light to pick up those three or four first downs. We talk about a lot, you know, can he pick up three or four first downs with his feet? He did that. Could he pick up two or three first downs with a big pass to Isaiah on that slant route, you know, to pick up a first down, like they picked up some good first downs. We had that. That's why I thought we were going to finish the game because we were getting those first downs. It ended up not being enough. I thought they'd become a little bit more reliant on it. I thought they were very creative in their play calling the first half. The second half, it's like, let's just get out of Bloomington with a win. But they weren't able to get enough points to get that win. And so I do think Barry Lunny's done a tremendous job as far as adding some flavor to this offense. I thought overall from a team mindset that became a little conservative late in the game. Yeah, I, th I think that's really, really fair, especially on some of those late drives, as you said, in the red zone. The one time they got aggressive, Jay, uh, was that, you know, the uh, route down the seam to Isaiah Williams. And, and that's, they're also, that's the area I don't know if this team has in them is that deep ball connection, sure. right? Because Isaiah, you know, I even thought Tommy threw a good deep ball early in the game on the sidelines. Isaiah is just not very long. And while he's fast, he's not burner fast, I, yeah. I think, right? Um, so he couldn't catch up to that one. But you know, Tommy threw one behind Ryman. He threw one. That one, I know Isaiah missed time, but I thought the ball could have been better. That That's an area they got to improve, right? And, and that's maybe a ball maybe you do want to be conservative on, maybe check out, check down. But that that's the one thing this offense 
you know, seems to be missing um, because the way they're getting Isaiah involved, Hightower sure. involved, it's, it's, it's definitely better in this short to intermediate game. Well, I, I think we see bits and pieces of Isaiah Williams being fantastic and also the fact that he's only really played receiver two years. Yeah. You, you, you kind of see for as good an athlete as he is, a couple of things you're like, man, he shouldn't make that play. He should, he should have made that play, whether it's a catch. I definitely think he mistimed his jump on that throw. And he doesn't have a huge catch radius. That, that simply means it has to be decently on target for him to catch the football. And I think that's just a pride of him only playing the position really two years. Uh, you know, sometimes just maybe not catching, looking before the ball is caught or, or, or just mistiming things. Uh, other times he's, he's electric. He's, he's explosive. He is the one guy you're like, wow, that, that, well, I shouldn't say one guy cause chase, but when we throw the football to him, you know, you're like, he can get some yards up for catch. Uh, I thought though, I mean, early on, they took some shots, like took, took, took Hightower and Isaiah and, um, although Tip Ryman, Tip Ryman has been good blocker, and I think he's a huge asset in the run game. I think he's got a little bit to go in the pass game. It's as far as awareness, is the ball coming to me? Is it not coming to me? It seems when they throw him down the field, he's a little bit surprised by it sometimes. Um, again, he's a young football player. I think he's going to get better. This is also a first-year quarterback. We see a lot of timing issues on stuff. Ball comes out a little quick, a little, little late. That's the problem when we have transfer quarterbacks playing one year, right? And so there's a lot of things that add up to all these things. I, although I think DeVito's playing the highest level of quarterback that we've seen in probably half a decade. So I, I, I can't really knock the kid. I think he's gutsy. I think he's tough. I thought that he played within himself tremendously and, and made big plays when he needed to make big plays. Um, and we haven't talked about kind of the reshuffled offensive line. And I think that was a huge factor in the game. Yeah, I mean, Julian Pearl, late scratch in that game. Uh, it, it, you know, J Jordan Slaughter comes in, plays left guard. Isaiah Adams went out to left tackle, and I thought he looked like a natural. I thought he played really well. I think Palcheski played really well. Right. The interior O-line still feels like it needs to, to settle in here, Jay. And um, What are you seeing from, from this offensive line, and, and what did you see without Julian Pearl? Honestly, I thought Isaiah Williams played uh, – so Isaiah Adams, excuse me. Uh, played played really well. I, I know people will say he gave up that sack late, like in the game. Um, but I think overall, if you look at his body of work for getting shifted over there, I'm sure he repped it during practice this week. But I think he was solid. Um, it it just doesn't seem on our zone plays we're moving in unison. And here's the problem: if you don't move in unison on zone plays, is you create vertical seams within your line that linemen can then get in you know, and, and, and make tackles for loss with, with, with a back of chases caliber. And as fast as he hits the hole, there really should be very little tackles for loss. And we're having a, too many of them early in the season. Um, at other times um, I will say they seem to be uh, really good at getting to the second level and our receivers tend to be blocking. Well, it just seems like at the point of attack, we have some issues sometimes with the D line, but as far as getting up to the second level, like if, if Chase gets two or three yards, he's likely going to get seven to eight. You saw a lot of seven to eight yards. You saw a lot of second and three uh, downs. You saw a lot of second and twos. And that's because, you know, that's just kind of way that Chase was built up on it. And so uh, 
they they got to work though on the point of attack, especially in the middle. I think that they're still working out with a Pilstrom Slaughter kind of combo, a Chrysler combo. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it gets better. Is that strength, Jay? Is it technique? Is, what do you think it is? I mean, I think a little bit of strength technique. I think a lot of it's playing together. I mean, those three or four guys have not maybe played together a ton. A lot of those guys are newer faces. Uh, you know, Chrysler and obviously Adams are Juco guys. Pilstrom, you know, and Slaughter have been here, but don't have as much experience. And so on the offensive line, you, you do need a lot of experience, but you can see how much Chase Brown actually erases the errors of the offensive line as well. Because if you put Reggie or Chase in, you're like, well, we can't run the ball. So that that tells you that is that a concern, Jay, for, for you? Because I, I thought Reggie against Wyoming, it's Wyoming, but I thought yeah. he showed some burst. Um, he had one good run. I thought the old line uh, blocked pretty well, but yeah, they, they didn't trust those guys, obviously. Uh when, when Chase is getting 36 carries, and of course you want to feed your stud, but 36 might be a little too much. Well, and he said that's not sustainable, right? And and I mean, let's not forget, I mean, it was probably three or four games that Chase couldn't finish last year. You know, I don't think he finished Penn State, I don't think he finished. I mean, it was never devastating injuries, but it just he runs so violently. He he runs a lot to me, has a little bit of that angry run like Adrian Peterson runs anger. I'm not, con- not comparing him to Adrian Peterson. I think he's got a better top end, probably not as strong as Adrian, but he's a unique player. That This guy can be as good as Rashard Mendenhall. He can be as good as Michael LaShore. I really believe that. Now, Will he get the numbers of those guys? Certainly on pace to do that. And Brett's coached a lot of good running backs, um, but we've got to keep him healthy. And he he is a huge component to it. And I think we're seeing the benefit as well as an increased passing attack. We asked ourselves last year, how many yards would Chase have if we could actually complete the ball? I think they're having to respect DeVito a little bit more with his ability to throw. Do we have a ton of weapons? No, I think with some of the drops, we'll see uh, – We'll see a Hank Beatty in there. Uh, is it Hank Beatty from yeah, Rochester? How, how do you get him in, Jay? Because um, everyone's asking that. And, and, man, it's it's nice to have a couple of slot receivers you like, right? Sure. How do you get him in without taking Isaiah off the field sure. and with staying strong in the run blocking game? You know what I mean? Because yeah, so, he'd be pretty small at wide up. That, that's, the, that's the big question. I mean, I think you're going to have him in, on, in, in what we call 10 personnel, which is one back and four wide receivers, you know? I, I think it'd be hard pressed to put him in in 11 personnel, which is one back, one tight end, and three receivers. Cause you got Isaiah, you've got Hightower and probably Pat Bryan and, and Bryan and Hightower do block well down the field. They've coached them up. Well, you'll see them on tape. They, they, and that's some of the reason that the chase has had some big runs. Um, but I do think that Beatty's going to come into more situational football third down. They brought him in for a big catch on the slant rock. Cause they knew, Hey, he's going to catch that contested catch. That's it's not an easy catch to, to catch on the slant route, right? And so I think they have a tremendous amount of confidence in him. Um, you know, I think they need to get a little bit more confidence in Tip because I think Tip has beat out Luke Ford as far as being the first guy out there and maybe blocking-wise. But I still think Luke might have a few more ball skills when it comes to catching. Now, Luke, you know, obviously had the fumble and whatnot, but – Got to get those guys up to speed because we just we just need as many weapons as we can in the passing game. Again, are we better than last year? Absolutely. I really think we're better. Is it frustrating that we lost to a two and ten team in Indiana? And yes, a hundred percent. And it's a Big Ten game. Yes, but there's still a lot of football to be played. 
Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Well, Jay, defensively, this felt like Purdue and Maryland, right? Like these guys are getting every stop, every stop, and then they just they can't get that one extra one or they're, because their offense couldn't uh, sure. score another point. So there were a lot of good things defensively, right? I mean, Indiana couldn't run the ball. Johnny Newton uh, was dominant up front. You saw guys like Jamal Woods play well uh, when he was healthy, and Keith Randolph had some big plays. Um, and then the DBs, man, they can hit. We'll get to some coverage issues, but – First play of the game, Devin Witherspoon trucks Shivers. I was surprised he came back in the game after that. Um, Sidney Brown was cracking people, right? Sure. I mean, he was all over the place the other night. So before we get into the issues uh, defensively, which there weren't a ton, but there were a few, what, have you, what did you see again out of Ryan Walters' defense? You just allow Illinois to, to hang in that game. Well, first, I, you know, and this is going to be a strong statement. I think we've got five NFL players at least on the defense right now. So I think Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph are draft picks. I actually think Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, and, and Quan Martin could be draft picks. I mean, you look at that defense last year, uh, Tony Adams is on a roster with the Jets. We've got, you know, uh, obviously Kirby Joseph, right? And so um, they, they had some players, right? And I, I think there's five NFL guys for sure right now. Obviously, there's younger guys and whatnot. But from, from what, I, what I can see right now, those guys are going to play on Sundays. So we've got long, fast, physical defensive backs. Uh, and so I, I like this defensive back crew probably the best I can remember in a long, long time. I mean, I would – they're more athletic than that 2007 team safeties. Uh, th- those guys could hit and Kevin Mitchell and, 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 and Harrison and whatnot. We also had Vontae on that team and, and DeRay Hicks. And so we, we had some really good defensive backs. But I think this is a very strong unit, and the amount of faith they have in the one-on-one coverage with these guys is astounding to me, uh, the, the way they're able to do that. And then that trickles down to the front where they're able to bring an extra guy uh, to stop the run. But, you know, Keith Randolph, I hope he stays another year. Uh, I know sometimes he doesn't necessarily – sometimes a defensive tackle or Johnny Newton, maybe they don't kill the stat sheet, right? But, but for me, it's all about disruption. And they were just so disruptive in everything that they did. I even saw Calvin Avery make some disruption moves. And whatnot. He, again, played, played well and whatnot. Um, and even Bryce Barnes was disruptive yeah. at some time. So, like, they're getting some – some depth and whatnot. I think as far as why they're so good, I mean, Keith, we saw just last year coming on. I mean, plays with great hands, great extension, plays with an attitude. Johnny plays with incredible effort and leverage. Um, so I, I really like what they're doing. What they were doing defensively, 
was not complex uh, and didn't need to be because largely they were stopping them over and over and over again. So um, I'm really, really pleased with it. I think, I think Tariq Barnes is a really solid player too. I, I don't, I wouldn't say Calvin Hart's been quiet the last two games compared to what he did in, you know, Nebraska. Definitely, you know, I think he's probably still getting in the groove. And, and, and I think, uh, uh, is it Isaac Darkangelo? Yeah. Or, yeah, I think, you know, I think he's a guy that they, they classify as a starter as well as looks solid. Yeah, I thought he looked better. Um, but that second level, Jay, that's like, that's the next step for that defense is for those guys to make high impact plays, right? Like I thought sure. they're good with their run fits, all that stuff. Um, but they, it's just some big plays, right, from from those guys. How do you do that as a linebacker? Whether it's right, Seth right. Coleman, whether it's uh, Ezekiel Holmes. Uh, so I, 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 they didn't need to bring a ton of pressure. I didn't see him bring a ton of pressure. Barnes in the past has made made plays. Barnes has been a solid blitzing backer. And, and every now and then he made that good play on the option, you know, where he, you know, kind of took the quarterback and then whatnot. I just have not seen the production out of the backers as far as, hey, a tackle for loss here or getting their hands on balls uh, that usually you would expect. It's been usually just the five guys we talked about, those defensive backs, even Taz Nicholson. I know talk about a guy who bounced back, you know, after a silly penalty, you know, to cause that fumble two or three plays later, that, that was huge, you know? And so, uh, and I think they said he was a little banged up. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, so, I mean, to fight through that and whatnot. So, we got to see more backer stuff. Some of that is just, does, does, does the blitz come my way? Some of it was, honestly, the run game was gobbled up by the defensive line. It was either, you know, short, uh, ineffective runs or one-on-one matchups with DB. So some of that was the game. I think they'll be tested, though, soon. I mean, uh, uh, Virginia kind of ran through our backers and everybody else last year. So um, they'll be tested, especially when it comes to the Big Ten. I think we need better play out of our inside backers, more production. But I do think Tariq Barnes – what I've seen out of him, he's been very, very sound. Uh, maybe not the production we've seen, but very, very sound. Yeah. Uh, DB's got beat a, a couple times over the top, sure. uh, Jay. And, and sometimes they'll have – I mean, they play a lot of man-to-man, as you said, with, with Kendall Smith, the free safety, kind of hanging over the top. But what did you see from those two plays, the, the touchdown after Luke Ford? And um, then it seemed like, one, Kendall got kind of bit uh, up on a, a run fake, which was kind of not a run fake, but – you know, Kirby Joseph was standing on the sideline, right? But he couldn't play for Illinois. So, well, well you... let me just say this. You know, yeah. first of all, you're starting to see that Kirby Joseph as a free safety was put in position for success, much like Kendall Smith is put in a position. I mean, he had a pick drop in his hands. He could have had a second pick. Um, so he could have had two picks in that game easy. Here's, here's where Illinois is going to get hurt and where they do get hurt. When they're in man-to-man coverage for more than three and a half seconds, it's hard for anybody. Mm-hmm. And we're not getting to the quarterback. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be breakdowns. A double-move play, the drawback of a double-move for an offense is that it takes a long time to develop. Hitch and go, wheel route. Those guys could be open, but do you ever get it to them? Well, they had time to develop it. The first one was Kendall Smith bit on that, right? And – guy was open because no, there's no pressure on him. And so I've been, I don't know if I'd say surprised, but I don't think we've gotten the pressure that we've wanted on the quarterback. And that leaves the defensive backs out to drive. If you've got aggressive defensive backs, which I would say most of the guys are very, very aggressive and they're trained to be that way. And they hit very well. Uh, the way to do it is to slow them down with counters, to slow them down with, you know, uh, 
double moves. And so we've seen that, but that's that's pretty much what happened is is either they're indeed they're 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 in coverage too long or they're too aggressive. Yeah. Jay, I want to bring up two big plays. Uh the fourth and one. Yeah. I kind of like going for it. Uh, the way your defense is playing, you score that one. I don't know if he was going to go for two. He, he talked about going up two scores. I didn't know if he meant the touchdown and a two-point conversion or going for two and going up nine and basically ending the game there. Uh, but I like it because usually it's a 70% rate. You're, you're going to get fourth and one at the goal. Yeah. Um, but and, and you set up the long field and you made him punt the next drive, but the play call didn't work. So in sure. hindsight, was it the play call or was it the execution? What would you think? You know, I think when you're trying to develop a mentality like Brett is, I didn't mind them going for it on fourth down. I think what threw off that whole drive was that Chase was out for four or five plays. And you got off schedule, right? I mean, you kind of just, you had Reggie in there and you just felt the confidence of the offense go down when Chase isn't in there. Um, I think they had the right call on. I mean, they, they brought two guys off the backside and the two guys would have taken, you know, Chase and one, one guy would have taken Chase and one guy would have taken DeVito. They just both took Chase. So they kind of knew, okay, I think it was a pressure just to whatever side Chase was lined up on because that's the side the quarterback will, you know, zone read and come out. So do I wish they had a little bit different call? Yeah. Um, but if you go back to the history of the game, which is how an offensive quarter is going to call it, Pat Bryan's dropped a touchdown pass. Isaiah has – Done okay. He's dropped some passes. The high tower pass got called back. Chase has been your best player. It's fourth and one. I understand why they call it, right? And for the most part, you've been running the ball at two, three, four, five, six yards a clip easy. So I don't necessarily mind it. They did have a good, the defense had a good call on it. Um, you know, Cam Jones was kind of all over the field everywhere. And, and he was, he was tough. And we knew that Tom Allen, if he's calling the defense, is going to bring a bunch of stunts. And I think they did create a lot of havoc, but at the same time, you know, every, a lot of those, you know, 10, 15, 20 yard runs were, you know, because they stunted and there's wide open holes too that chase got. So it went, it goes both ways. I mean, at, at the end of the day, there's no way Illinois should have lost that game. It was all the red zone trips, but we just had a lot of ill time penalties, ill time turnovers. Um, that they were pretty stiff on the holding. Um, usually, if you have your hands inside, even if you get on the shoulder pad a little bit, they're not going to call. But they, you know, they called tip on one, our receivers on one, and I just, I just thought, you know, it it, it seemed a little nitpicky to me on stuff. Um, one of the chop, one of the chop blocks uh, that they called was really nitpicky as well. So I mean, just not the chop block, but one of the other uh, holding calls, but. And at bad times, right? I mean, put us on a field goal position and whatnot. So I, it was unfortunate to see. Yeah, Jay. And uh, I can get why the the back judge or the, the guy on the goal line didn't call it a catch with Brian Hightower because by the time he saw Brian, he was like fumbling with the ball. But we have the technology. And I, I don't know how that was not a touchdown. I, I, I don't think it's an excuse for Illinois because there are so many other ways you could have won that game. Sure. But it clearly, clearly hurt. Right, like oh, that was a great was, play by Brian. Clearly demoralizing. No matter which you want to say, you can say move on from it, right? But the announcer saw it. Dean Blandino saw it. I mean, here's the deal: by the time the ball comes out, his knee is down on the ground. So, 
and he has control of the ball, and the guy just tries to rip it out. There's an argument that he catches it twice, too, if the ball is still alive, right? So he goes and catches it again. Um, it was, there's no other word other than it's disappointing. And I wouldn't be surprised if the officials call Brett and say, we missed it. Like, I, I would not be surprised. Thanks. And it probably cost me a football game, but you know, we, we missed it. And this game was just such an eerily similar game to, to what we experienced in 2006, just dominate in a lot of different ways. You'd run and you would, you would, you would stop them defensively and then you would turn the ball over and have penalties and lose the game, you know? And so come to Brett's point of you got to stop losing games before you can win games. We're still growing in that piece. So, Jay, can you take me through that? Because we talked a little bit about this last year, but 2006 led to 2007, even though you guys went 2-10. and 10. Right. How did you guys learn from that? How did you not get demoralized by that? How do you turn around the next week against a Power 5 opponent in Virginia and not get down if something bad happens? Sure. So, I, you know, I got a chance to talk to the team before um, Wyoming, and – you know, my message was, you can't be a mental midget, meaning, hey, when when bad stuff happens, you cannot go in the tank. You can't live in the guilt of a bad play or the glory of a great play. You got to play the next play. Remember, I was a freshman and I gave up a block punt against Iowa um, in a windy day at Memorial Stadium. Shocking, it was windy. And I was demoralized. I think I was in the tank defensively. I was told the story to him. I was in the tank defensively the whole game because I was just like, man, I just kept thinking about the block punt and I just couldn't get over it and all this stuff. So it's definitely a maturing process, right? I also think you have to have something that you can go back and rely on that you know what? We're going to be good. And I thought we had that with our defense. Hey, we can rely on our defense. I thought we had that with the run game. You can do that. Because when we got to 2007, it was like, okay, we can always hand the ball to Richard or have Juice run the ball. We're going to get three. You know, so you kind of have something to get you back going, right? And I thought we had that. I think that's why I think we're a better football team. The reality is, is that we just don't quite know how to finish yet like we want to. And as Brett said it, I think in his press conference, the game really should have been putting out of reach when we scored off that turnover, got to stop. In the middle of third quarter, that's when you put your you know foot on the throat and basically say, we're going to ram it down your throat, get up two scores. But we dilly-dallied, you know, and, yeah. and you know, had the, the the pass to chase that was a fumble and and all these did things. We didn't really finish it off. And so I think the matter of learning how to finish teams is, is still a growing process. Yeah, I talked about this with Joey Wagner after the game, like what play stood out most because there's so many of them that, that really hurt the most. I thought it was the Chase Brown fumble, right? Like Ford mm-hmm. missed the block, gets hit. But also, as I look back at the film, I didn't realize in real time, Jay, that the Chase Brown's throw was pretty good. And Pat it hit Pat Bryant in the hands. Like, that no, one, I, that, that was, one a huge, was huge. Well, and, and here's here's the thing. Even watching the game with – I was watching at home. I thought the announcers did a poor job of saying that Pat Bryant dropped the ball. It was more, it was more like, oh, look at the pressure they got on Chase Brown. It kind of messed up the timing. Actually, it was executed to perfection. He was wide open and hit him in the hands. I don't know if Pat Bryant lost it or what, but it looked like his eyes went down, right? He's looking it, at the it looked like his eyes went down at the last second, right? I just, I don't really know what's up with our, maybe our receivers over the last couple of years just aren't used to getting the ball thrown to them. So they're not used to catching the ball in real time, but I feel like we have a ton of drops. I'm telling you, DeVito could have had a monster game if he just didn't have any drops and he throws a pretty catchable ball. It's not like he's just slinging 
you know, rockets out there. So they've got a long way to go as far as their receivers and whatnot, but no question they should win that game. I'm not sure, you know, no way sure how good Indiana is, but it sure seemed like it was there for the taking for Illinois. Jay, uh, Virginia coming up this week. It's a different team than it was last year, but Brennan Armstrong still pretty dang good. They got good wide receivers. Uh, but what are you expecting with, with Tony Elliott now leading the crew and, and a bunch of transfers out, especially on the offensive line? Uh, surprised a little bit that, that Illinois came out as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That number's gone up to four, four-and-a-half. Um, so the, the odds makers are in the money. It seems to be going Illinois' way. So that, that's pretty shocking to me, especially <laughs> after last year. And I don't know if you watched I mean, – we both watched that game. I think you drove out for that game. Yeah. Um, you've had some long drives back. But uh, – but, uh, so it's surprising to me they've lost a ton, right? I mean, they've lost a ton with the coaching. They've got they've gained a ton as well. I they didn't look that impressive against was it Richmond, right? They played, but I think they're going to be an improved football team from obviously week one. I think we're going to have a difficult time not giving up yards in the pass game, and so we're going to get some big plays in the pass game. Um the big question to me is. Can we win the turnover battle and can we stop the silly penalties? We've had those the first two games. I don't think we're good enough to beat people with penalties and turnovers. I do think we play clean football. We're going to be okay. Right. Uh, I think Tommy DeVito is getting more and more confident. Um, I hope Julian Pearl is back. Maybe, maybe not. Um, and I hope Chase Brown is, I mean, we think he's healthy, but he's just at 36 carries. So, I mean, he's like, is he tired? Is he, is he good to go? So, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a very close game, but we're going to give some some explosive some explosive uh, you know passes in the pass game. I guess I'm wondering though, is this one of those games where Ryan Walters kind of has a unique customized defense he rolls out for Virginia, not as a payback, but just they have a very unique passing attack. Brandon Armstrong kind of threaded them, shredded us pretty bad last year. And so he's going to come in with a lot of confidence. Will they have some unique other than just the man covers? Basically, all they've done the first two games. It's been pretty effective, but that's all I've done. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's a much different defense than it was a year ago, and that's because of partly the Virginia game. They they made some big changes there, but uh, certainly a different Illinois team, but a different Virginia team though with some some really good strengths in that passing game. Well, Jay, uh, it would be huge to bounce back and, and win that game, get people excited again. Potential for a three and one start, but. Um, no razor thin margin for error for this team. And, and we saw that against Indiana last week. So looking forward to talking to you about it next week. Yeah, always. And I would just say this, like, again, I cannot read it. I actually, of course I'm down in the dumps on Friday night, right? I'm like, I can't even go to sleep. I'm mad. I'm like, it's hard to be an Illinois fan, all this stuff. But in my heart of hearts, I really believe we're better. I really believe we're building the right way. It's not fluky. Like we have, Guys that are hitting people were physical on defense, were physical on offense. We've got a quarterback that can throw. We were bad on special teams, but hey, we can be better. Caleb Griffin hit a big field goal. Like we're better. And so it's frustrating you don't get the win, but I really feel confident about the way we're headed. And I feel confident that we're going to exceed last year's win total. There you go. Jay Layman. Thank you, man. Great stuff as always from Jay Layman. He is the, you know it, he's the goods. Uh, great stuff from Jay Layman, and yeah, I mean, I wrote about it. That was a huge missed opportunity for Illinois to be two and zero, 
to have uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of momentum heading in this Virginia game. I, I think attendance was impacted by, by that. I think Illinois probably lost thousands of fans showing up to Virginia because of it. But beat Virginia. Beat Virginia and get that excitement back. And, and the fact that Illinois is four-and-a-half-point favorites as, as I'm recording this uh, on Monday night, um, it says they got a chance. And they've done some good things. They've done some really good things. I thought they'd... I don't know if dominated is the word, but I've seen the metrics that say Illinois would have won 65, 70% of the time in a normal game uh, with how they played, and that includes the turnovers and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just you got to find a way to win that game. You you need to find a way to win those games moving in the future, but I think this team's going to be competitive. I think, I think Brett Bielma has set that standard, that's for sure. Now it's finding a way to win more of those close ones, uh, to find more ways of closing that out because that has been the issue. You look at Purdue, you look at Maryland, you look at this one against Indiana. You know, you were able to do it against Penn State, but you didn't close that one, really, right? It took how long did it take you to close that one? Uh, and that was just an epic performance by the defense. Um, you know, the defense has to learn how to close some games too, but they, they're the ones that have given uh, Illinois so many opportunities here. So, yes, the defense need to be better. They need to do towards the end of the game is what I'm saying and that final drive you got to find a way to get to the quarterback you got to find a way to you know not blow your coverage or, or all that stuff or win some individual battles but they've been playing so well but still they have to do their job but obviously the offense has to do their job and finding a way to score you got to find a way to score when you get into territory like that you can't have a turnover on downs you can't have you know three fumbles or two other two other turnovers inside Indiana territory that just can't happen this can't happen. They got to find a win, win those games. But now you bounce back. Now you have to bounce back. You can't let one bad loss affect your next week. Um, and, and if you get a good win, you're feeling good again. You got a chance to go three and one heading into conference play against a really tough schedule. Be kind of be where a lot of us projected they would be. If you get to three and one, you feel like you you got you're giving yourself a chance down the stretch. If you're at two and two, not so much, right? Like it's just putting yourself in a hole. Not that the season would be over. If you're 3-1, I think you'd recapture some of that excitement. You feel like you'd be taking a step forward. So we'll see what they can do against Virginia. We'll have a big preview later in the week uh, with a Virginia beat writer as well as Joey Wagner previewing that game for you. We're hoping to get a Hoops podcast at some point this week as well. So be on the lookout for that. Give you one last pitch for the uh, VIP sale. You got, what, under 24 hours probably of listening to this to get and and take advantage of that 75% off sale. If you're not a VIP member, I promise you it's worth 2 bucks a month. We work hard enough. Uh, that'll be worth two bucks a month. I think it's worth more than that, but you can take advantage of it uh, for two bucks a month and check us out at Illini Inquire. All right, we appreciate all of you for all your support, whether you're a VIP member or just listen to the podcast. Just check the website for the free stuff. We appreciate you. Give us a follow, a like, a review wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on YouTube as well. Everybody, take care of each other. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquire podcast. <laughs>